This is Sheila Adams Stafford, and you're listening to PBL in Practice. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of PBL in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project-based learning to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on PBL. I had the amazing opportunity to speak at the White House in 2015 to share how PBL looks in my classroom before a room of national leaders. I'm a member of the national faculty of Buck Institute and founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college-bound students. Enough about me, let's get into our guest. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Buck Institute for Education, who believes that all students, no matter where they live or what their background is, should have access to quality project-based learning to deepen their learning and achieve success in career, college, and life. As a teacher and coach, I can honestly say they have some awesome resources available on their website. Everything from books to project planning guides, project calendars, rubrics, and assessment maps, you name it. They offer services that can really help your staff or district implement high-quality PBL, including training, coaching, and my personal favorite, project slices, where educators actually get the experience of going through a project as if they were students. Check out all they have to offer on their website, www.bie.org. Again, that's www.bie.org. Today is our very first Tech Tuesday, and I'm so excited to spend it with George Valenzuela. George has been a computer science educator for the past 14 years. He coaches hundreds of educators, both face-to-face and virtually, in computer science, backwards design planning, project-based learning, and the internationally acclaimed Engineering by Design curriculum. He delivers motivational keynotes for universities, school divisions, and educational organizations, and is the head coach for Lifelong Learning Defined Incorporated. He's a member of the National Faculty of the Buck Institute for Education and a National Teacher Effectiveness Coach with the International Technology and Engineering Educators Association. George is a prolific writer who creates how-to blogs for educators wanting to infuse computer science, STEM slash STEAM, and PBL into the work they already do with students. You can find his how-to blogs on ISTE and Little Bits. Let's jump into the interview. Hi, George. Thanks for calling in today. Hey, Shayla. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's so good to hear from you. And thank you for being our first Tech Tuesday. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So we heard a bit about your background, but what else should our listeners know about you? Let me see. What should they know about me? Well, I'm really big on, on personal wellness, and I listen to a lot of audiobooks by various life coaches. I like Eckhart Tolle, um, Coach Corey Wayne. Even Kevin Hart has a really good one right now. Wow. <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> and also um, Tim Grubber, among others. Awesome. Also, can you give us one of the tips from one of these coaches that you learned recently or that you've put into practice? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not just about being physically or even mentally fit. Your mm-hmm. soul also needs nourishment. And so yeah. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle is really, really big on helping with, with things like meditation, prayer, things like that. 
And so I start my day each day with that. And so that helps me do my work. Awesome. Man, I feel smarter just listening to you right now talking about Eckhart Tolle. So I guess I need to read this book or listen to it, right? Yeah, it's called The New Earth. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All righty. So, George, tell us a little bit about what brought you to project-based learning. Well, let me see. Helping others is very important to me. And in my previous role, I was a curriculum specialist with Richmond City Public Schools. And I was responsible for, for supporting about 40 teachers in their instructional practices. So mm -hmm. I learned PBL so that I can help them improve their work with students. And then at the time, I began doing STEM PBL projects and I would promote my work on social media. And Shayla, I went crazy. I went on rampage. <laughs> <laughs> And I, you just got Twitter and just started tweeting and just posting. Yes, I started posting on Facebook, on Instagram, um, on Twitter, and I went on this rampage. But at the time, <laughs> I had no idea that doing this would one day make me a national faculty with BIE, or okay. that I would become an educational coach and mm -hmm. for so many other educators all around the country through my writing, what webinars and also workshops. Wow, wow. So you kind of came into the PBL atmosphere through not only just being a coach in Richmond, but also through like the online network of project-based um, practitioners on social media. That's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. So George, tell us a little bit about what you think is your PBL superpower. Hmm. <laughs> I never thought about that. But <laughs> I think that my superpower would be my ability to really create a low stakes environment, either in my classes or in my workshops, because mm -hmm. I think it's really important to make students feel that it's okay not to know something, but to be really comfortable saying that they don't. Um, right. Yeah, because I really try to teach and live by this model don't hold students or really anyone in your life accountable for what they don't know. Hold them accountable mm -hmm. for not wanting to know. It just makes right. teaching and learning and life a lot easier. Right. Right. And, and that's really that concept of like someone just literally not knowing something and then someone being like, hey, I don't want to know. I don't even want to learn anything new or try any." new in my class or with my students or just personally exactly like we have so many kids um in our classes that are really lacking foundational academic but also mm -hmm. social skills and so mm -hmm. i think that a really good teacher or a facilitator would take that into account and meet them where they are and not focus so yeah. much on them you know, on what they don't know, but helping them really right. build those foundational skills. Absolutely. Not focusing on the, the deficit model, but being uh -huh. open to new things that can maybe fill in some of those, those gaps in learning and understanding. I definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. All right. I am so excited to get into Tech Tuesday and hear more about some of the tools you're using. So tell us a bit about the tech tool that you're using currently. And yeah, just give us a little background about it. 
Okay, so I use a lot of tech tools, but if I had to pick my absolute favorite, I would say Little Bits. It's really a great tool for helping kids really build a foundation in educational technology. And so I even use them in my workshops, in projects, of course. Oh, <laughs> and at home too. I like to really build a lot. Awesome, awesome, that's cool. So tell me why you're using this, uh, specifically in the classroom, and what is so awesome about it? Well, they are really a great scaffold for helping students learn how the various technologies around them work. So an example of that, or a few examples would be why a doorbell would ring, why elevators open and close, or even why their phone would respond to their, to their touch. Mm. And so using little bits in our projects really helps our children understand how to build circuits, how to code, but most importantly, how to develop their computational thinking skills, yeah. among other things. That's, that's super important, especially in a CS or, you know, just in any science or math STEM class, really. So tell us, how can practitioners get the most out of this tool? I would say don't, don't focus so much on being an expert, but learn the basics and be able to really facilitate it well. See, if you can facilitate and be intentional about learning, then your students will do and design things that you never thought possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that the best way to really learn computer science or any tech tools like a little bits is through design and inquiry, but also in project-based learning. Cool. Having kids engage in the design process in a project, not only will that provide them a purpose, but it's helping them think logically and systematically. And so you would you, it, yeah. It shouldn't be so much about the end product. It should mm -hmm. be more about the process and the knowledge that they construct along the way. Absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit, George, about how you would use this in practice. Well, I've actually have just developed the Computational Thinkers PBL project which I wrote a blog about for ISTE. And I actually, I put you in, in, in the blog, actually. So there's a nice link there. Oh, for, awesome. For, for your work. Yeah, so I recently tried this with my students and also my daughter. And in the project, we, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. In the project, we had our kids do some game-based coding, which included a physical model of a game that was controlled by both electronics and code. But then after they built the game, students had to teach their new CS skills to help younger peers understand what they learned, but through play. And that was our hook. And so our driving question was, how can we as computational thinkers design a children's game that teaches younger peers foundational coding skills and the use of electronic circuits? And so they did that, and our major products included a public YouTube video explaining what their design was all about, my own classroom, which was teaching other kids, and most importantly, I think, writing into engineering notebooks. Mm. And so it was a lot of fun. And so that is a blog that should be out either tomorrow or Tuesday on ISTE.org. Okay. Cool. Well, at, when we get to the end of this, I definitely want you to give us the links to those blogs so folks can keep up with you and check out uh, this Computational Thinkers Project. 
And, you know, I think that kind of what you're hitting on is super important when we think about the real world skills that we want students to learn, right? Um, What specific skills do you think students need to learn when it comes to computational thinking? Because really what I hear you saying is that this particular EdTech product really helps develop those specific skills, the EdTech product being little bits. I think that our kids need to understand how to decompose complex problems and break them down. Mm -hmm. They need to understand pattern recognition so that they can make predictions. Mm -hmm. They need to understand abstraction, which is really removing the fluff or what you don't need. And I think all of us need to remove the fluff and what we don't need in our lives, (laughs) not just in a project. Right. And also how to design an algorithm or a step-by-step process. And so if you understand these things, learning how to code is actually pretty simple. Wow. With learning these things and trying to learn how to code, that's pretty difficult because you don't understand inputs, outputs, loops, variables, functions, Mm -hmm. logic. So those are the foundational skills. And so my work really focuses on helping that educator, Mm -hmm. that English math teacher, that art teacher, who is not a computer science teacher, but they want to really help to um, have their classroom, you know, be a connector to the CS classroom. Right. And so that's my role is to help them out. Yeah. That's so cool. And, you know, when I think about it, um, you know, I think people just have this, this barrier, this block when it comes to coding, they're like, wow, I didn't learn that. So that's something that, you know, maybe that's for someone else to learn that maybe I just don't think that way. But I think that you're making a really good point about really, if you can break it down into these chunks or little bits, um, you can put all, all of the puzzle pieces together to really create something super awesome. Now, quick question for you, George, does this cost money or is this like a freemium model or do you have to buy a license for using little bits? How can users access this right now? Well, I'm actually a little bits educator. And so I have access. Um, I also have my own bits, of course. But when I do a, a workshop, um, most folks already want to do little bits. And so they go ahead and place an order of a code kit, um, a steam kit, you know, kits like that. But Little Bits is actually very easy to access. Okay. If you go on Little Education, you can find for every kit all of the educational resources a teacher would need, lesson plans, um, um, rubrics, how-to videos, all of those things. And so my role is not really to make them experts. You only build expertise over time. My role is to facilitate a workshop where they really get grounded in the foundational skills that you and I had just discussed. Okay, cool, cool. So tell us again where to go to access Little Bits. Little Bits Education. Okay, awesome, awesome. So thank you so much for educating us today about computational thinking skills, also this tech tool that's gonna help us with those skills and uh, just, helping us think a little bit more about how do we get kids excited about computer science and game-based coding. This is something that I really want to revisit maybe in a future episode. So again, thank you so much, George, for joining us today. How can we keep up with you? Well, well, 
Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, anyone can find me either on LinkedIn or on my own website at lifelonglearningdefined.com and also on my Twitter handle at georgedoespbl. Awesome, awesome. So thanks again. I hope you have an awesome week, George. Thank you, and I appreciate it. And until next time, happy PBLing and happy teaching. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of PBL in Practice. Be sure to download this podcast and subscribe on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcast. This is Shayla Adams Stafford, and I hope you have a great week.